Um, so Tim, the Mighty Ducks. Um, <laughs> here we go again. Um, we haven't been to Canada, have we? And we haven't no, been to Norway. Um, no. But we will be in Canada again soon. And I actually just connected the dots. Um, but before this, <laughs> but before this, um, enjoy the episode. It's it's a great pleasure to have this. Well, week. it's about this, sustainability, and I think yeah. we can't. I think this is our first. It is actually our first. This is our first actually um, operator, fully operator of a data center that was envisioned and built for sustainability. True. Uh, yeah, and we speak a little bit about U-boats and lobsters. So enjoy the episode. Uh, Welcome back to another episode of the Uptime Punks. Um, So as everybody knows, Tim is grooming his beard. So we thought, you know what, we bring somebody from Northern Europe who's going to give him some some Viking insights. Because um, the first first comment I said was, well, Tim is trying to look like a Viking. And then um, Sven, he said, well, yeah, but um, it's from that scene because it's a very old Norwegian tradition because... um, Tim is starting to braid his beard now, but um, so from a Norwegian expert point of view, um, how authentic is Tim's beard? Um, give it. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, speaking about certified beards, um, maybe we should start speaking about Svente um, Hakasath. I hope I said it the right way. It's maybe. Maybe Loki is going to come down with his hammer or Thor is going to destroy me along the way. Um, um, you're the, the chief sales officer for Green Mountain um, Data Centers, which is the, the fastest growing and fasting connecting uh, data center operator in, in the Northern Hemisphere, I would say, in Europe. And um, it's a great pleasure to have you here on the podcast. Um, so pe- pe- people will wonder, uh, how come the punks are bringing... Um, you guys here and uh, well i must say the reason behind it is that you guys are one of the colos that lead by um sustainability and that's your main uh slogan that you go out of which is um you're the most sustainable data center and then um if i read some of the credits um which your clients give you is um i mean you see the heads of Volkswagen, for example, who are saying that uh, one of the main choices um, was Green Mountain data centers because of the sustainability. And that's why we have you here. So welcome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that's that's definitely uh, and a pleasure to be here. Um, thank you for, for inviting me. And of course, uh, sustainability is uh, close to heart for Green Mountain. It was the reason why we were kind of uh, founded in the beginning uh, was to to kind of build uh, and sustainable. <laughs> it's great how he starts it with a question, you know, like, I want to go there. No, no, no. Why, why are you going international? And then uh, I see I see the style. But you lied, um, Swain, you lied. Because you're, you're, you're not only good at skiing, you're also doing hockey. What's what's that all about? You're, um, you're a goalie trainer um, in Canada for hockey goalies. How, how, how come? Oh, I uh, I used to play uh, goalie when I was growing up uh, a couple of years ago. Ah, so you were uh, one of these guys too, always being the goalie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked uh, being the center of attention, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the most important player on the team. 
being mm. the being the goalie mm. and then in hockey that's a fairly central uh role so kind of like like that and was good at it so that's that's why i continued doing it um and then um I took an interest of uh, of coaching, so I coached my uh, uh, oldest uh, oldest son's team when I was living back in Norway. I uh, really liked the goalie coaching aspect of it when I got back to that, and uh, uh, took some certification on hockey. Okay. What I was doing on my spare time, um, good thing to do on on the side in regards to making sure that you get to to challenge yourself and yeah. and also also share share the expertise that you have in a specific area. So I was coaching goalies that were youngest were six years old and the oldest one was 35. So somewhere in that and uh, got to work with a few of the best NHL coaches in the world as well uh, during summers wow. and stuff like that. So that was, uh, yeah, it was a, a cool thing to do. Still do that during summers, actually. Really cool. Yeah. So oh. so the hockey season uh, in Canada, is it, is it on right now? So... Uh... Is... Yeah, hockey season is always on in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> but even even during the pandemic, so NHL is still on, which is the top league, of course. But uh, all minor hockey is uh, is cancelled for, for the year. So Tim, when I always think about hockey, it reminds me of the Mighty Ducks, the Disney movie. Have you ever seen the Mighty Ducks, Tim? I, uh, did I? Perhaps never I seen did. the Mighty Ducks. We are the Mighty Ducks. Is, is there a German <laughs> title too? Because then I it might ring uh, a bell. Mighty Ducks. I mean, it's quite well known. It's like that logo is like the duck with the... Ah, helmet. yes, yeah. of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. And then is the it... Mighty Ducks go play against America and they win the World Championships. Yeah. It's it's a yeah, great yeah, yeah. inspiration. It's like it's like <laughs> Coach Carter, but it's like the... With... For, for, for for the mountain people, you know, like Coach yeah. Carter for mountain people. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, definitely saw that movie not, back in not, the days. Yeah. Um, not not as good as the Vikings, but still a good movie, though. Yeah, it's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, going back to tech from hockey, um, the our podcast is called the Uptime Punks, and now it comes from a, a professional point of view. How would you define uptime for yourself? But I want to know it on. Of course, professional-wise, because as the uh, chief uh, sales officer of Green Mountain, but also would like to know from a personal point of view how you would define uptime. Well, the amount of uh, of uh, seconds where all the services are are available uh, in some some form. Um, so I think that's uh, how we measure uptime, or how we measure downtime. Of course, is a different. Uh, different aspect of it. Uh, we don't really have that experience in Green Mountain because we've never been down. So, <laughs> so uh, it's been a hundred, it's been, it's been a <laughs> That comes from the, of course, the, the resiliency and, mm. and, uh, and the, uh, the kind of the quality aspects that we built into the data centers, uh, but also kind of a very, very plus one type of, of structure. Um, although we also have clients who have, like Volkswagen, which I mentioned, which is a tier one setup. Uh, Without gensets and, and whatnot, so experience any any downtime. So we haven't been able to put the downtime uh, calculation into effect uh, yet. So, uh, but we definitely have one. <laughs> and what about your personal life? Well, what is uptime for you in the, in in your day to day life? <laughs> <laughs> uptime is when I wake up and uh, I, I, I don't know. It's um, I think it. Uh, so that's a that's a hard that's a hard question. To, yeah, that, to that's why you come here to get to, to get the hard questions. I mean, nobody said it's going to be easy for you to come on this podcast. Yeah, no, uptime is when I'm.
um you know so uh, everybody went through oh. some yeah question before we started is uh, that business is is booming and just yeah. like i said green mountain is a fast moving fast moving players which means that it uh, and of course we're not a we're not an equinix with a hmm. this year um like with them the the last years it's it's still uh, a lot of uh, resource constraint on on clients first at heart which means that uh, i i like to respond back to clients as soon as i can <laughs> so even oh, in the middle of the night or, or during these during these periods when it's like um almost 24 hours um light and no dark that's that's actually a good that's actually a good definition of uptime as well isn't it <laughs> up in the north absolutely yeah. absolutely the, I, yeah. I think by the way interesting fact um your your um data centers in 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 norway uh, I just looked that up. I didn't know that by heart, but um, they were the first to receive the Uptime Institute Tier Three certification, and um, I guess that speaks for itself in terms of uh, how Green Mountain defines uh, uptime. And um, yeah, just a question: How is it to, you know, be responsible for the growth for for this business? Um, you just said you, you're 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 still a small organization. Um, but you're growing really fast. Uh, is is all the pressure on you? Uh, how, how? What's your day, what's your what's your normal day look like? <laughs> uh, it's a fairly uh, um, a hectic uh, lifestyle. Like uh, like uh, the question is what what do we mean by international? Which means that uh, clients can more or less come from everywhere, right? So typically we address clients who. are either European, North American, or, or Asian in regards to having capacity requirements in, in Europe. Uh, and when you have uh, meetings like that, that means that, uh, especially now that you're stuck in uh, working from home office in, in, in Canada, it means that you get a, a few early mornings and a few early nights. Uh, so just like Paul answered, it's, it's more, or I answered Paul earlier, it's uh, a lot of uh, 3 a.m. morning uh, meetings and uh, some, uh, 10 o'clock at night uh, meeting so uh, so i think i you work hard when you have to and then uh, the it's funny you almost become like your data centers <laughs> like always uh, <laughs> yeah are you running on green energy as well <laughs> absolutely <laughs> trying, my, trying my best now um, but it's, it's it, it is it is a challenge when you're kind of a um uh when you are a fast-growing company, then of course we're building resilience. We're building the structure to be able to kind of go from that, I would say, startup mode into a, an established provider. Mm. You mentioned the uptime certification that we did earlier. I think that kind of established, yeah. oriented you are around the processes and making sure that you kind of deliver. And then that that goes into us in sales as well. So the ability to kind of be that proactive uh, uh, role and and take on uh, the challenge of setting the green standard or so sometimes sometimes you feel like i feel like more of a missionary than a sales guy i would love to say that of myself from salesman to salesman then uh, what's the what's the most annoying question your clients uh, keep asking discount <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's a uh, discounts are are okay. That's uh, the, 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 I think I think the the most 
annoying thing I see, and this is probably, uh, I don't know if it's a, a fire torch into or Molotov cocktail into the, the industry or not, but, but it's, it's, we're, we're, we consider ourselves as a fairly, um, fairly progressive industry, mm-hmm. but to a large degree, we are not really. It, it's all about kind of resiliency and redundancy. Uh, so the ability to actually innovate and think new of how you can deliver that resiliency and redundancy how you can kind of uh, change your existing ways of of uh, uh, looking at data maturity, for instance, right? Yeah. It's so easy for a client to choose one data center for everything. Maybe that's not the, the optimal way. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can look at, at Volkswagen when we had those discussions. So we, of course, they were driving sustainability first, but but their data, their HPC data center was the first type of workload that they moved outside of their own uh, own facility, so to say. So, mm-hmm. so I think I think, uh, and you see a lot of uh, a lot of companies now are doing as latency is getting lower, as your uh, your application portfolio is getting more mature, you tend to keep things. Uh, uh, local uh, or closer to the users where they have to, but then put everything that doesn't need to be downtown London or downtown Frankfurt, put it somewhere where it's more sustainable and more cost efficient. And I think I think a lot of clients, a lot of prospective uh, uh, end users don't really think of, think enough about that. Mm. Uh, but it but it is changing. So hence why you hence why uh, you think you're a missionary because you actually explain the, these things too. Well, I think he educates his clients, and I think this is um, uh, well. Mm. If I understood correct, you educate your clients for the process while they should go with you because sustainability and all of these things are quite important. And this is Tim. Something sorry to butt in here. It's something which Susanna praises really high, which is when she always says that the change starts with you. So if you as an end user say, I want to have my data only stored in a data center that runs on green energy and um, all of these things are clarified and that's the pressure we put as an end user back to the, let's say, the telecommunication company, whoever it is, then you build up this pressure circle, which means then at the end you, and and it's something which is moving there. Um, because you see it more and more. And I mean, if um, everybody follows the news, I mean, there's a daily announcement. It's like everybody's like, oh, yeah, we're doing net zero as well and carbon yes. free. And like, um, I mean, IBM was just yesterday. Uh, sorry, guys, but you're maybe a year late, but that's a different story. But it's like one by one, everybody's getting onto the bandwagon mm. now. And uh, uh, yeah, it's when. I, yeah. I, absolutely, but I think I think it it, it it's also start with the bigger companies, right? So it's, yeah. it's much easier to influence an an industry when it's kind of driven from the hyperscalers or or whatever. So when they are, it's it's such an important aspect when they are saying that they are to be carbon negative or where they are to be uh, carbon neutral, right? So so that that's an important aspect. But of, of course, I think one of the things that we also see on the sustainability is the change of uh, buying yourself green to actually being green, right? Um, and in that perspective, that's where you kind of need to challenge what do you need to keep local to to your markets versus mm-hmm. what you can put, put somewhere else, right? So if you, if you take the Nordics and, and Norway, especially Norway have 20% overproduction of power mm-hmm. and it's all it's all green, right? So it's, it's hydro, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's cheap, it's... Uh, 2.75 cents now per uh, kilowatt hour in, in Norway. Um, uh, and 
compared to, I don't know, Frankfurt of 22 or something like that, that's a 90% cost reduction on, on power, right? Um, uh, so so that, that's an important aspect as well, but but the, also the sustainability aspect. Norway has 0.7% of the population in Europe, but we produce more than 10% of all the renewable power in Europe. Um, uh, what do you so think is the, the reason behind it? Is the reason behind it because the government is driving it or is it because the mentality of the people, because uh, Norwegians are maybe a little bit closer to nature? Then, then I'm, I'm sure it's a combination of factors, but uh, somebody was smart enough uh, 120 years ago to start uh, investing in in hydroelectric power in, in Norway, right? And Norway has a lot of, of excess water uh, and a lot of rivers and, and whatnot. Now we don't dam up, uh, dam up uh, rivers or, or uh, lakes anymore. We actually drill into the bottom uh, and take out the water from the bottom instead so that's actually a minimal impact on the on the nature as well but but that's that's kind of how it started started as uh, hydroelectric power and then of course investments into wind and, and things like that uh, also is is now being added right so so uh, so it so it started there and uh, since that was an easy and cheap way to build that capacity yeah. that's we never invested in nuclear. We never invested in coal and, and things like that. That was uh, yeah. just just we had, we, what was had, available locally. Right? Absolutely, and and Norway is, is so water rich. So we get our our so if you take the DC two facility that we have in Telmark Rukan, that valley produces more than five percent of all the power in in Norway, and the 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 reservoir uh, where they get the water from there it's. It's so water-rich, so if it doesn't rain another drop for 18 months, it can still produce at full capacity. So it's uh, water is not that, not an issue. And I think that's true recycling as well, because that uh, dam or that river system, there are eight different um, uh, power um, stations on the way down, producing more than 680 megawatts on just that one system, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and also now you have with these tunnels you're actually able to pump the water back into the reservoir mm -hmm. so when for instance uh because the, the it becomes circular mm. it, it becomes true so, so it's actually the battery uh, so it's a battery type of, of capacity right so, so when wind is is really cheap or cheaper you can actually use that wind capacity to pump water back into the reservoir Mm -hmm. uh, so, so kind of. Then okay, you, so then you add some AI to the mix to to measure all these factors, automate it, and make it like really efficient. Um, yeah, that's that's data centers of the future. Um, just before we jump uh, to the next point, um, let's why don't we go one step back? Um, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about Green Mount and the history and the background, why it was started, and what was the vision behind it? Um, so people can understand a little bit more before we go more into the sustainability um, aspect of things. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so Green Mountain started back in 2009. Uh, I wouldn't say that it was like a coincidence because uh, we are owned by a company called a private company called uh, a Family Office called Smedvig. Smedvig is a property developer, uh, but also have direct ownership in a in a few businesses. Smedvig is a 100 plus year uh, company that uh, started in shipping, went into candy industry, went into the oil and gas industry when that uh, kind of boomed in Norway in the 60s. Uh, it was actually the first company who had their own privately owned rig in the North Sea. Hmm. Uh, and they sold all that business back in 2006 uh, as they wanted to do something 
uh, more sustainable. Uh, so they did investments in a few uh, funds. One of those funds owned an ownership stake in Data4 Group, uh, which is uh, a Southern European-based uh, data scenario group. Um, and by there, uh, learned that that was a kind of a booming industry, wanted to do something on their own, uh, then established Green Mountain in 2009, uh, based on a sustainability mission, that they wanted to build the next generation uh, data center that was kind of fully sustainable, and that was uh, just like I said, the division of setting the green standard. So they got the, the opportunity to do that uh, uh, as uh, NATO was scaling down in in Europe. They uh, uh, delivered back to the Norwegian government a large uh, uh, former NATO uh, naval marine and torpedo depot uh, on uh, right outside of Stavanger. So mm -hmm. that's kind of where we started. Uh, how can we kind of take this uh, property and develop it into something new? So kind of recycle it into something new. And uh, it also gave us a fantastic opportunity to uh, create the, the most uh, power efficient cooling system in the world because we're using the fjord outside the data center to cool the data center on the inside. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're, the water gets pumped into the data center by gravity. So we've actually... Um, we actually created two uh, uh, water basins in our, in our cooling station, directly connected to 100 meter depth of uh, the fjord on, on the outside. So water just flows into the into the these water basins in the cooling station, yeah. And then through a he heat exchanger, get uh, uh, circulated in a closed loop inside the data center, meaning that we can we can adjust uh, that specifically to each client, regardless if you have a, a density of average of two kilowatt per rack, or if you have 150 kW per rack. Mm. How, uh, how, so, how cold is the, the fjord water? Do you know that? So it, yeah, so this is what's called a threshold fjord, mm. uh, which means that under 40 meters, the water is, is uh, stable and constant. Uh, so the water is constantly at eight degrees Celsius mm. uh, all year round. Okay, okay. And then, and then, as we circulate the water out, uh, there's a, a lot of movement uh, high in the fjord. So we release the water at 30 meters, uh, where there's a, a, a lot of movement, so that it doesn't influence the, the marine biology, uh, so to say. Wow. But but now we're also investigating into we're having now discussions with a, a lobster farm. Ah, that, to reuse that, the that hot water. Yeah. To, to reuse the hot water because they would like to have water that's somewhere between 18 and 20 degrees. Uh -huh. So that's a kind of a perfect, so that's a heat reuse of the water actually. Excellent. So basically, you guys going to have at some point a happy lobster logo next to the Green Mountain See, logo. Well, the lobster going up. But I, <laughs> well, I always knew that data centers and food are closer together than we think. Um, Ali Fench just posted about um, greenhouse um, greenhouses on data centers. You know the stuff we spoke about with Peter Koch at the very beginning yeah, but Tim, of this podcast. Yeah, you know what podcast. I think is funny. What, Paul, what you I just wanted to have smokable plants on this. On this <laughs> no, 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 no. no, no what I think is funny. But well, what I think is funny is that uh, OVH Cloud has the frogs sitting in the data centers, and, uh, and Green Mountain has just, the lobsters. And lobsters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so that, that's that's one of the heat reuse uh, things that we're we're looking at now, right? So we, because we we would like to to have climate positive data centers so yeah. okay we can kind of actually reuse the heat so we just uh, in june we announced a, a new location in norway called kalberg which is a little bit south of, of uh, stavanger and at that location in addition to kind of uh, district heating 
we're also looking at how can we influence other industries to become green. And one of the industries that we have been looking at is how can we kind of use that excess heat to, for instance, improve hydroponic farming. And Norway is cold and cold uh, and has a short farming season, right? So how can you kind of uh, uh, optimize the way that farming is done? And hydroponic farming is one of the, the aspects where you can kind of use that excess heat. Mm. Uh, we have looked at um, uh, onshore uh, fish. Mm. This is a massive area. Kalberg is, uh, will have power of uh, more than 500 megawatts in 2023. And of course, if we uh, succeed with our growth plans and continue to expand and, and hopefully create the next uh, data center valley in, in Europe out of, <laughs> out of uh, the western part of, of Norway, then, uh, then that, that heat needs to be, be uh, reused. And uh, that's why we kind of identified more than district heating because in, in Stavanger there's 250,000 people living. Mm-hmm. So maybe they need, I don't know, 5, 10, 20 megawatt of, of, uh, of that capacity to, to uh, uh, heat the houses. But how can you actually create additional value by uh, doing that with uh, fish farming or algae production or swimming pools? We're also looking at now heating for, uh, for an uh, amusement park uh, as well. So all of those kind of aspects is how can you kind of... Tim, my cannabis farms are not far away. I'm telling you, it's going to happen sooner or later. But anyways, in in, 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 Ca- in Canada where I live, that's actually uh, that's actually legal. So, uh, so no, I no, I'm, I'm not a guy so that smokes cannabis, but it's also no. I meant the production of it. Uh, production of it is, is legal in, in in Canada, so you can uh, you can. Yeah, in uh, Canada, they have coffee shops, um, but yeah. um, in California too. So it's uh, uh, absolutely. Uh, guys, we're speaking about data centers here. Let's, yeah, let's yeah, get yeah. off the topic. Um, so for all the tech people out there, so when you guys did all of these, like looking into more sustainability, how to give like use the energy more. Um, do you find that from the data center provider side, right? Um, do you feel like everybody's ready for that challenge or some people are limping behind or does it not really fit into their business model? Because that where also then a little bit of circular economy comes into place. Um, do they really want sustainable equipment in these data centers? Because, I mean, if you think about it, then they basically lose money because they can't come every year and try to upgrade you and say, well, now you guys have to get the newest thing in the here because that's what your clients want. Um, you don't need to say names, but I'm just curious. <laughs> I, 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 th- I think in general, there is a drive in the industry to create more okay. sustainable solution, right? So I'm, I'm working with another organization now called Infrastructure Mason as well, where I'm putting in place a, a kind of a, a sustainability framework uh, together in that sustainability committee. And that's to make sure that you actually have something that uh, that's driving uh, across and, and you have uh, the data center new, uh, um, uh, carbon uh, neutral pact, right? Uh, which yes. was announced a couple just, of weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah. So there's so there's many, many different of these initiatives and, and you see the same thing on the on the infrastructure side as well. They're also driving towards the same ambition, right? We are a, a, a good partner of, of many different providers. One of them is Schneider, which also have sustainability high, high on their agenda, right? And I think that's kind of general, all different type of, of providers have that that yeah. close to heart. 
but then it's the actual execution of where do you put your data centers and that's where like i mentioned uh, i think that's where you're probably going to see more rapid growth in in places where there are available energy mm. and um typically in the existing we could take the flat the uh, locations where there's restrictions or power or it, it's harder to get available land etc so that also drives that kind of effect uh, i mm. think Germany and Netherlands and and all it's, the other places yeah. where you have have a nuclear, for instance, or coal or whatever it is, all of those countries are driving towards a more sustainable future. Mm. Uh, but it's going to take time, right? Um, to to be able to get there. But but it's uh, I think I think in general you you see that drive. Uh, if I if I look back five years ago when I started in Green Mountain, yeah, um, sustainability was a nice to have. They took it if they can get it. Yeah. Now, now more and more, like Volkswagen, which just started with Paul, that's um, if if you were, if you couldn't deliver a carbon neutral data center, you were out of business. Yeah. You, you didn't even have to answer the RFP. Yeah, it's, so it's, people it's are a, forcing it. It's, it's a the end user was process yeah. now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a it's a given requirement. So I think if you're building a data center now where you're not thinking about sustainability or a circular economy, five years down the road you're going to have a really, really hard time selling that capacity uh, okay. because hmm. what's, yeah. what's, what's that, what, what's the generator free thing meaning? Um, do you, do you, do you think um, this is uh, yeah, blunt question. Do you think this is the future? <laughs> um, because it means yeah, solence for, for, for quite a large industry too, isn't it? So, yeah, this is a, this is a, one of the big topics that uh, we are we are currently looking into some different alternatives on on how can we kind of live without uh, diesel generators. Uh, we have them, of course, at, at site today because there's really not a, a mature alternative in, in place yet. Uh, so we're doing hmm. some some uh, investigations now. <laughs> so carbon fuel alter- cells. Yep, for instance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's there's a. There are alternatives. We're doing some some preliminary investigations. Other there's uh, some challenges on on some items on, on it, so which needs to be solved. So that's why we're we're doing that. But it's 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 solvable, and that's kind of the next thing that we need to to do. And then, but then it's also uh, I think the industry in general are looking for resiliency where they don't need it. So. If I take the Volkswagen, I'm sorry for mentioning Volkswagen a lot, but it's it's one of the <laughs> few clients that we're able to t- to talk about, right? <laughs> and Volkswagen, and, and Volkswagen, you know how this industry is. They're not typically allowed to say who you have yeah. in the data centers and and. Uh, uh, yeah, but they're Volkswagen. very proud about it. So yeah. Yeah, Volkswagen and Mastercard and a few others are are clients that we can talk about. Uh, but but the interesting aspect with with Volkswagen was that. First, we offer them a, a kind of a genset uh, or a generator as, as part of that that capacity. They said, "Don't don't need it. The, the resilience of the Norwegian grid is more than good enough. If you have a dual fed from different grids in Norway, like we have, and we have the highest resiliency of of the grid in, in Europe, then why do you need a generator? Uh, because if one of the feeds go down, it can still be supported by the by the other feed." Uh, so they said that that's good enough uh, for that type of capacity that they were looking for. Um, uh, and when we did that, we went back and looked at the resilience of the grid the last 15 years. They had uh, uh, given UPS on their systems uh, as uh, as well. 
And when we looked uh, 15 years back, they had one outage over the last 15 years that was longer than the time of the of the UPS. And so that okay, that if that's if that happens, problem for you. Yeah. yeah. So that so that we didn't need uh, generators uh, yeah. uh, to be able to deliver that. Um, so then my next question would have been is um, the big biggest project which is at the moment on the way in Europe is that which is Gaia X is that going to be your so-called bridgeway into the European market that you can see yourself as um, because I see it probably at the moment it's more like well companies know that you're out there but probably you still need to try to get and reach out to them so would you see them for yourself something like guy x is going to be the platform which is going to give you then access to the central european market in an easier way that people can choose you guys as an option because you're the most sustainable data center out there or um, I, how do you see the project no i think that's it's a very very interesting project and, and uh, of course i think uh, um dependent on what type of, of uh, load the specific clients on that platform is going to to have um uh, Norway is now building 10 new subsea cables going in, uh, into the country from different places around uh, uh, Europe, which means that we will have the most modern network going into the country uh, coming 2021, uh, 2022. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, that reduces the latency. Now, the latency, for instance, between Norway and our um, DC, one Stavanger and Frankfurt is 14 milliseconds. Mm -hmm. uh, London is 12 milliseconds, Dublin is 12 and a half milliseconds. So that means that a lot of the, the European larger markets is getting fairly close to Norway. And 90% of the workload that clients have can be run easily from, from Norway. But that's where we're back to how do you actually choose where you need to have your data? <laughs> so easy to put it where you put it yesterday, but does it really give you value to do that? Uh, is it better to pay? 200 uh, uh, 200 euros per kilowatt of uh, of capacity and 22 cents per kilowatt of power or do you want to put it somewhere where prices have mm -hmm. business case of, of Norway is uh, somewhere between a 50 and a 70 percent cost reduction mm -hmm. is that your so, sales pitch <laughs> no, not, not, necess not necessarily I think it's, 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 uh, not, it's a very it's, comfortable it's, position in that he just needs to name the facts and that they make up his sales pitch cost is always going to be important right but it's 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 not just cost alone it's uh it's the ability to to continue to expand uh, it's the availability of power it's availability of green power right and uh, i think that's that's some of the kind of, kind of the constraining factors that you see in some other locations i'm not going to mention them right mm -hmm. and and also if you look at the cost aspect of that restraining factor is the investments of green energy that those needs to be done in europe that costs money where do you think that money is going to be some of the go to government some of that's going to end up with the at the end users so the future look, if you look 10, 15 years down the road, is that the power in Norway is going to be fairly stable, but power in 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 some of the other uh, countries in in uh, Europe needs to fund that green shift. Mm -hmm. uh, so 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 should Elon Musk uh, put his gigafactory rather in the Nordics rather than the... Abs absolutely absolutely should. Uh huh. 
but he, he's just he good. And, 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 and you see that that's, that, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, a, that's an interesting aspect as well as uh, uh, we talked about policy a little bit earlier, Paul, mm -hmm. uh, prior to the call as well. And, and if you take the Norwegian government, that was the first uh, uh, government that actually uh, put in place their own data center strategy to, to put, uh, put incentives for foreign investments into Norway where mm -hmm. they don't want to they don't really want to send that power to uh, Denmark or Sweden or Germany or the UK where there are interconnectors now, right? Because you have power loss on the way. So if you send power from Norway to, to Denmark, you know you're going to have 10 to 15 to 20% power, power loss on the way. Hmm. But much better to use that green energy uh, closer to the generation. So that's why the Norwegian government have put in place incentives to to try to attract uh, more uh, data center development. And like I said, there was the first first country in the world that had their own data center strategy. Um, but I'm sure other uh, other governments are gonna follow up that. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, stable policies and interest in, in growing an industry and, and contributing to that green tech uh, or green shift, that's uh, that's important. Question, do, do you know about the green green power certificates? that are currently in place. Do you think it's a good idea to do that? Or is it, sorry to put it that bluntly, but is it just greenwashing in your opinion? I, 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 I'll, I'll weigh my words carefully, but uh, I just like I said, I think the trend shift in the industry is that you would like to go green hmm. versus buying green. I understand it serves a purpose and it's been, uh, been somewhat good for the industry because it also contributes to uh, funding the uh, investments in green energy mm -hmm. but in general for instance if you uh, if you take um take iceland as an example iceland doesn't have any interconnector of their powers to other places other than iceland right massive production of, of power but they can still sell sell ppas mm -hmm. to a company that has their data center in uh, germany or poland yeah. or whatever right so it's so it's a it's a funding of of something, but it I think it doesn't really serve a purpose anymore. I think it's more interesting to actually create or leverage the uh, the green energy that there. So move from um, from buying green to being green. I think that's uh, that's what's going to help the industry in general. I love it. I, that's that's almost like a. A wrap-up sentence there, but yeah, that's a closing <laughs> statement. I would say, um, to just before we get to an end, um, I would like to know how you see the future of cloud and colos. Do you think it's moving? Um, here comes the stereotype question: Do you think we're moving more towards an edge solution in the long term, or do you think we're moving more towards um, hyperscalers, centralized? It's going to be a combo. I think I think there's going to be a lot of edge development because you need to keep the data that needs to be close to your client that needs to be residing close to your client, but then you're going to push whatever you can to larger uh, colors or larger uh, cloud uh, deployments, and that that's typically going to grow grow locations like Norway or Iceland or Canada where there are massive available uh, green energy. Uh, so keep keep whatever you need to keep uh, close. 
but move whatever you don't need close to somewhere where it's most cost efficient and more it, it almost sounds like a goalie you know keep the <laughs> close or keep it far away <laughs> um but yeah so th- thanks for being on the lovely podcast and thanks for coming and speaking about all of these things and um, we always say that the last words are with our guests so uh, the stage is all yours this is for you to to leave your um, uh, your remarks for the future generations to come <laughs> Wow, <laughs> I, better, I better weigh my uh, words uh, carefully. Then. Uh, I think I, I think uh, the, the, we, we've been into the topic, and, and the topic is is mainly that uh, it, I think I think everything is going to be around sustainability going forward uh, in our industry and others. So the ability to think differently, think new, and and challenge established uh, truth, I think that's that's going to be crucial for us all going forward. Um, I hope that we are contributing on that and, uh, and continuing to challenge the industry. Like I said, I feel like a missionary uh, spreading the good word, but, uh, but I think it's, it's, it's important, right? So the, the ability to, to think differently and be the progressive forward thinking industry that we want to be. Okay. Thank you very much. And um, hope to speak to you soon again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Ah, Tim, big shout out to Francois Durand. Um, Francois, you have got the frogs. Sven has the lobsters. So I think it's going to be the battle of the lobster versus the frogs. Um, no, jokes aside, <laughs> I think it's quite funny how, I mean, Tim, this is the things like that puts like the human touch to a data center. It's like, you know, like, because when he was telling me that, I just imagined like this cartoon of this bunch of lobsters sitting in a little warm jacuzzi <laughs> and like the next to like so. I, I think we should write the uh, uh, <laughs> an advert like you know see an online advert like script for a green mountain and send it over and see what they think like but, two lobsters in a jacuzzi and, <laughs> yeah anyways no it's it's um you know what i think i mean if you look at the big picture it's like really like that that you know what Gary um, Connolly said. Uh, we oh, discussed okay. That, that from you know the energy, uh, you get electrons moving, and these electrons actually um, make up your data, which are your your valuable product, and um, that yeah, that's the that's the way the economy works now. You know. Energy produces electricity. With electricity, you move electrons, and with that, you move data. And the data centers are like at the heart of all this. And it's it's just only logical that um, the availability of energy is 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 at the heart. And I think also in order to be sustainable and which to is be... yeah, which is why I which is why I think why doesn't the the, the, the global south with all with all its solar power and, and vast lands um, you know what their place should actually be much much bigger in that I know we talk the Nordics now but um, oh yes I, um yeah should be but maybe it's um, a financial point behind it financial stability of the grid political issues and all that but it should be on people's agenda actually at some once point once that is done. Dude, there is a there is a 
uh, some streams in West Africa. Sorry to go global here. Uh, um, if you if you if you if you were able to use that um, hydro uh, power, you could actually deliver but, but energy for all. But, yeah, for all West Africa, which is amazing. How many data centers could you power then? It's amazing. Yes, that's true. Actually, I'm thinking out, uh, about it loud. But let's go back to Norway. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, quite interesting because I, I I really like the concept of how they build their um, data centers and the main drive for sustainability. And the interesting part is that the company who originally owns it, like he said, they were used to be in uh, in mining and oil. So basically, it's it's quite a conversion. And they, did, and they didn't do this now like when everybody's jumping on the bandwagon, mm. they did this 15, 16 years ago. And this just shows you that um, I, I think the Norwegians were just a step ahead of everybody in the world, to be honest with you, with that one. Yeah. And this is something that the rest of the world really missed out on and is trying to pick up on now. But um, if you couldn't if you couldn't get enough of Sien, then um, you can get enough of him on the 22nd of April. We're going to have a net zero sustainability summit. So if you want more info about it, just feel free to reach out to us and you can also find it on, um, well, you can find a link on uh, our LinkedIn's and, or you can find it on the data center world, uh, Frankfurt LinkedIn page. But yeah, um, further than that, uh, we want to thank you all for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Keep it up. Keep up the vibes. Um, I, I hope Tim, Tim has found us some inspiration from the Viking, uh, guru of beards, but, uh, <laughs> maybe not. Um, so we need to, the next thing is we need to bring, we need to bring, uh, uh, Sadar, the Sikhs from, uh, from India, because they also have long beards. Uh, and then maybe Tim, you can learn how to, um, maybe that's, maybe that's the way how you should style your beard, but, uh, let's just see. We're just going to go, we're just going to go start going around the globe to find different beard cultures and, um, Hopefully, by the end of it, uh, Tim will hopefully shave his beard off. But um, let's see. No worries. Anyways, <laughs> what? I mean, I'm just saying it because now it's becoming a, an agenda here. Yeah. Um, very, very far. Yeah. I, I think it's best to end this now and, uh, you know, have some downtime, as you just said. Yeah. Enjoy the episode, guys. Uh, um, or uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And um, look out for the next ones um, to come up. I said we'll be back in Canada very soon. Cheers.